Hey, Jay Calloway here, Pastor of the Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, we're in a brand new sermon series today, and I want you to, I, I want you to just be ready because our, brand, our sermon series this, today is called Believe It or Not, and I want to just challenge you on your beliefs. I want to challenge you on what position your belief is in, and I want to challenge you in the idea of what can limit your belief, and a lot of times we have limiting beliefs. We have limiting uh, thing, belief systems and in our areas that will cause doubt. It can cause uh, resentment. It can cause all different kinds of things. And what God is trying to say to each one of us is, listen, I want you to believe fully. In fact, how many of your Bibles with you say yes? If you don't, say oops. Okay, turn it, get your Bible out, get your scripture out, maybe get it on your phone, or, or if you're carrying your Bible with you, open up, and I want, I want you to open up to Mark, the ninth chapter, Mark chapter 9, and verse 23. Now, let me just set the stage for you. This is an incredible, incredible story. Jesus has just come off of the mount, what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. He has just had a heavenly, divine, extraterrestrial, if you want to call it, something out of this world, uh, confab, um, just a collab, a confab, a, a conference with, with Elijah and, uh, and Moses. And he's had this, this uh, conversation with them. Peter, James, and John saw this. And they begin to tell about it. But what he begins to see is this, is that he's come in and he was in his glorified body. And he's, he's watching, as they're watching this, they begin to see that, that Jesus really is who he says he is. He really is the Son of God. And they come through all of this. But when they come down from the mount, after this most incredible experience, we see something else, and what has happened is, is there is this young boy that has been, has been tormented by evil spirits, and he's been tormented since he's a young age. Now, we may not be able to explain all of these things, but we do know that the enemy comes in, and he destroy, He tries to destroy, and he, the Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. And we see this picture of this young boy being devoured by the enemy, and his father has come to the disciples who were not with Jesus, and they are sitting there asking, can you help? Can you get this evil spirit off of my son? It throws him down onto the ground and he reads and his mouth is foaming and all of these different things. And so many times I want to just say to you that there are times we walk through life and we walk through and things happen that are bigger than we are. Things happen that, are, that we can't understand. Things happen that, that are bigger than life and death and everything else. And isn't it good to know that we can run to Christ because he's bigger than all of it? And that's exactly what this man does. He runs to Jesus. As soon as he walks up, Jesus sees this big crowd. And he's looking around and he's saying, what is going on? Jesus asks, why are you guys debating and fighting and arguing? This man comes up and says, because my son has been, has been uh, depressed and my son has been re is breathing in pain because of this evil spirit that's on him. 
And then he looks at Jesus and says, if you can help, because your disciples couldn't help. Your disciples couldn't do anything. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks at him and goes, if, I can, if you can? Kind of looking at, Jesus, at this man going like, do you know who you're talking to? Can I tell you sometimes we approach God like we really don't know who he's talking to. And he says there in, in Mark, the ninth chapter and verse number 23, but Jesus said to him, if you can, and then he goes with this incredible, incredible statement, all things are possible to the one who believes. I want to talk to you for the next few weeks about your belief system. I want to talk to you about the position of your belief, where it is, where, where it needs to be. You can see, I believe that our, we even say it every Sunday that we have a believer's proclamation because it's what we believe about ourselves. It's what we believe about God. It's what we believe about those around us that is most important for our lives because your belief dictates your behavior. The way that you will conduct yourself in life will be completely founded on your belief system. You might have been told when you were young that you wouldn't amount to anything. And if you really believe that, then guess what? You're really not going to amount to anything. It, it's all of that. But can I tell you, your belief does not dictated, uh, or your, your truth is not dictated on your belief. In other words, many years ago, I used to see this, this sign or this symbol that would say, uh, it would say on there, God said it. I believe it, that settles it. And as can I tell you, as a child of God, I'm not sure that I, I don't think that that's really right. I don't think that my belief is settles what God said. I truly believe in this, it says God said it, that settles it, period. God said it, that settles it. And as a child of God, we believe in that. We walk through that. That's why we can say, Today I am a child of God because God has said to you, you are my child. Whether you believe it or not, he's still speaking over you. The way that you enact it is you simply start believing what God has said. But it doesn't change it even if you don't believe it. So say it with me like you mean it and you believe it today. Today I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you, give them a high five, say, I believe it for you too. Amen. Listen, I want you to think about this for a moment. What is the importance of your belief? You see, we many, many years ago, this man by the name of Ripley began to gather all of these things that they were the most oddities of, of life. It was almost, he would begin to bring in so many different things, and he created a, a museum that was entitled Ripley's Believe It or Not. In other words, what he was trying to say is this. There are some things that you might not be able to fathom, but believe it or not, that's real. You might, be, you might be having a difficulty believing certain things out there, but believe it or not, it's real. And can I tell you that when God says something, whether you believe it or not, it's true. You see, some have said, well, I don't believe in heaven. 
Doesn't matter. It's still there. I don't believe that God, that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Doesn't matter. He still is. I don't believe that one plus one is two. Doesn't matter. It's still two. I don't believe that there is a hell. I don't believe that God loves me. I don't believe that I... doesn't matter. It's still the case. You might sit back and say, I don't believe that I have a faith inside of me. It doesn't matter because it says there in the Word of God that there has been a measure of faith in every single person. It says there that, that no man at the end of his life says that there is no God. They will understand and know that at that moment. But your reality comes down to this, is that simply you just have to act on that truth and not on your belief you see when God says something that settles it my belief has nothing to do with what God says what God said that settles it so in other words what I say to you today is no more is there I believe it or not no matter it says God said it I believe it, that settles it. I want you to strike out that I believe it and simply say, God said it, that settles it. God said it, that settles it. Because it, when God speaks, that's what happens. When he spoke, he spoke the world into existence. It wasn't that he spoke the world into existence and then somebody says, well, I gotta believe it before it to enact. No. That literally becomes that our belief is dictated on, on God speaking it. Our belief will enact God's word in our lives. You see, many years ago, there was this moment of time by a, with a man by the name of Galileo. And on April 12, 1633, Galileo was ordered to turn himself in to begin a trial that unfolded because it was he was being held against or he was being uh, arrested and he was thrown in jail for one reason because he had a belief in this studying all the stars and studying everything around that he had a belief that the sun was the center of the universe that everything revolved around the sun. Up to that moment, every scientist, every person, the Bible, the, the, the people that interpreted the Bible, they all looked at that as that the, everything revolves around the earth. Now, isn't it like that? Isn't that like us? Don't we simply say, well, we live on the earth, so that's got to, everything has to center around us. Everything, doesn't it seem like that? This is me, so everything centers around my universe. Galileo sent back and he's beginning to study the stars and he began to study all of that God had made and he goes I don't think that's the case I don't think that the reason why there's some night and then there's day and everything else that the Bible talks about is because the sun is circling around us I think that we're circling around the sun I think that all the planets and all the stars that we see are circling around the sun they arrested him they put him on trial for heresy you see, our beliefs are so strong that sometimes the belief that we have inside of us will even go against fact. There was a man by the name of Agnes Semmelweis. And many years ago, in, in, in the 1800s, he began to look. He was, a, he, he, was, he was a doctor that worked in the maternity ward. And the mortality rate of women in, uh, that had, had had babies and then babies themselves was through the roof. 
It was terrible how many women died. It was terrible how many babies would die. And he began to start trying to figure out why. He was wondering if it might have been because there was fear in the mortality. It was, they began to think that maybe the, the women were fear because there was fever all over. And maybe a priest, they even, he even studied the priest that came in that maybe they were afraid and fear was causing this. But then he started looking and he realized that the midwives and the doctors that were there, the, the ones that the doctors would, would help deliver babies and that would inspect and, 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 uh, and look at the ladies that were there having the babies, he realized that the midwives, their patients weren't dying, but the doctor's patients were. And so he started looking at the schedules of the doctors and the schedules of the midwives. And he found that the doctors early in the morning would go in and teach all the medical students with the cadavers and they would do autopsies. Now, up to then, this might sound a little bit uh, uh, archaic to every one of us that are here today. But they would go in and they would be looking around and working with all of these, these, uh, these bodies and the, uh, the dead uh, cadavers. And they would look through them, but they wouldn't wash their hands when they would leave. They would go right from the autopsy right into the ladies. And they would have all the things that would be on there and they would never wash their hands. And as they would go in, then all the things that maybe they died, those bodies died of, or those people that died of, they would go in and communicate that or commute that to those, to those ladies. And they were dying. When he looked at the midwives, the midwives were not allowed to do that because they weren't really doctors. And so they were going through, and he started realizing, wait a minute, the only difference that I see is that what's, what, the, what they're handling and what the midwives are handling, it's two different things. And yet, Semmelweis died in a mental institution. He died as an insane man because he started writing articles that if the doctors would just wash their hands, he even, brought, he even uh, uh, concocted a special solution to, to be used that had lime juice and everything that would cut the germs. And he did this whole idea of germ theory and had a whole idea that germs can be transmitted from one person to the next simply by our hands and if we would just wash our hands. And he proved it. In two different institutions, he proved that the mortality rate of women having babies, if you simply just washed your hands before examining, washed your hands, and yet they arrested him. They put him in an insane asylum saying that he must have, have a mental disorder. They were looking at the very thing. And then in, in several years later, after he died, a man by the name of Joseph Lister began to look at his studies. And he came out with this concoction of different kinds of, uh, of antiseptics and different kinds of things. We know that same solution today as Listerine. Now many of us, every one of us no doubt, have at some point in time have washed our mouth out with Listerine. The original formula for Listerine was used to sterilize in operating rooms, used to sterilize in that. My point here is being this. There are times where your belief system can be so strong that you could look at the very fact, you could look at the very things, and yet the beliefs are so strong inside of you that you will go ahead and still call that false. You will still look at that. And you see, 
What I want to say to you is this today, that we look at ourselves and that we have limiting beliefs. There are some times where we're trying to cast off. We're trying to see things that, that begin to, to walk us through, that we begin to see that, that, that God isn't for us. That God isn't, doesn't love us. That people are against us. That things are trying to stab us in the back. And in the reality, it's just simply not true. But we will still believe it no matter how many times people will say it in there. You see, it's what Jesus said. Is that nothing is impossible for him who believes. You see, why is our belief system so crucial? Not because we're trying to make sure that heaven is real because we believe it or that Jesus is the Son of God because we believe it. Jesus is the Son of God whether we believe it or not. But the reality is salvation comes when we align our belief with what God says. When we align what the Word of God to what we believe. The Bible is very clear on these things that as we walk in his way, when we walk in his will, when we walk according to his word, I said at the beginning of our, my message this morning that if you are truly going to walk as a child of God, you will have to believe that you are a child of God because your belief dictates your behavior. I read a story many years ago that's kind of funny and it was about a salesman who found himself out on an Iowa store, uh, on an Iowa road back in a cornfield. And at the moment of that, in the middle of this farmland, he, he finds himself with a flat tire. And as he walks through that, he decides, he looks and he doesn't have the jack, and he doesn't have what he needs to, to fix the tire, and he needs the jack. And so he looks off in the distance and he sees a farmhouse off in the distance. And he thinks to himself, the farmers always are friendly and helpful. I'll go knock on his door and I'll go find him and I'll see if that friendly, if that, if that uh, farmer may have a jack. He's, you know, farmers have tools and they, he might even have a truck that can help me and bring me back. If at least help tow me if he doesn't have anything else. And yet all of a sudden he starts walking through the field and he steps into something cold and wet and he thinks to himself, man, as long as people are in that house, I hope they're friendly, but you never know. I hope this is worth the effort. They might not even be home. I don't even know why I'm doing this. He climbs over a barbed wire fence and he tears his coat and he's going, oh shoot, that was a nice coat. I love that coat. Can you believe this? That farmer, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he have something of steps to go over that? And on and on and on he goes. And before long, he has decided that that farmer doesn't want to help him. He begins to believe that all the piles of, of cow dung that he's walked through in, his, in the farmer's field, all the slivers that he's got through the, from, the, from the barbed wire that he's climbed up on, he begins to just keep looking at it and he's getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And before long, he gets to the front door of that farmer. And this point, he's beating on the door. He's angry because he smells like cow dung. He's angry because his nice coat has been ripped. He's frustrated because he's out in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden, before you long, this farmer comes to the door in the middle of the night with his pajamas and his robe wrapped around and he kind of looks out there. And the guy is just, the, the man is just beating on the door, beating on the door, beating on the door. Finally, he opens up the door. And before the farmer can say, can I help you? He looks at him and says, well, you can keep your dumb jack. <laughs> you know, sometimes... We concoct 
realities in our mind that are not real, but our response is. Sometimes we can concoct things into our lives that are so real. When our children, when my children was little, I can remember one of the teachers saying to me one time, perception is reality. And whatever you perceive, as we've talked about over the last few weeks, whatever you believe is how your behavior is going to dictate. That man with needing a jack to just uh, fix his flat, he had concocted the entire time he was walking through his life, going through all the difficulties. And sometimes we can walk through life exactly the same way. Have you ever met somebody that it seems like they're just mad at the world? Maybe that's you. That it just seems like every time you turn around, they're snapping at you. Or every time that you go to talk, they already have a curt answer. Or they're already ready just to cut you off right, at the, right before you can even take a breath to say something. And the reality is this, is simply because our limiting beliefs, or the, the beliefs that we have inside of us sometimes can be so skewed that that's the way we behave. You see, what happens in this is that our beliefs are so strong. But if our, if our beliefs have nothing to do with what God, who God is, and our beliefs have nothing to do with what, what, um, what God says, if God says it and that settles it, then why do we need to deal with beliefs? Is because simply a limiting belief can limit your potential. Many years ago, I had a, friend, a man that was a, kind of a mentor of mine, old gentleman, and he would be in, and sometimes he was a little crass, and sometimes he was a little cutting, but, but in the long run, we walked through life together for many, many years. And when he went on to be with the Lord, I remember a statement that he would always say to me. He would say this, Jay, always remember something. So many times, the way that we believe is we live beneath our, our potential. We live beneath our privilege. Can I just say to you that you are a child of the Most High God? You are royalty. You are a daughter. You are a son of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are a child of the creator of this entire thing. He is omnipotent. He's all-knowing. He is omniscient. He's all-knowing, He's omnipotent, He's all-powerful, and He's omnipresent, He's everywhere. And He has promised you that He will never leave you or forsake you. So that when you believe that He's not there, that doesn't matter. He is. When you truly go by your feelings and you say, where is God? He's trying to tap you on the shoulder. He's trying to gingerly and quietly knock on the door of your heart and simply say, I'm right here. Just you have to believe it even if you don't feel it. You have to believe it even if you don't see it. I, talk, I preached a sermon series a few years ago called Walk This Way. And it was there, the scripture says that we walk not by, we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. The great strength of belief is our faith. The great strength of our belief will bring us in to life. The Bible says there that many die or many perish because of, because of the lack of knowledge. But I want to say to you this, sometimes we can, we, can, we, ha, we can have our knowledge be so supreme that we will, as long as we have knowledge, that's all there is. But can I tell you, sometimes we don't have that. It's called a leap of faith. Because you can learn and learn and learn and you can know and know and know and it will still limit your life. 
When I was in education, I did some, some of my education in, in a place that was not really friendly to Christ. It was this very secular environment. And when I would bring out some of my beliefs and my absolute truth, and I would say, I believe there's absolute truth, and they would go, no, there's no absolute truth. And they would get a little bit heated, and sometimes it would get a little bit violent in these settings of education, simply because they didn't want to go to a place where there's absolute truth, that, that God is absolutely God, that Jesus Christ is absolutely the only way. But can I tell you, all truth is God's truth. And if we're going to align ourselves with God in what he says, we're going to have to align ourselves with the truth. For Christ says that I am the way, not a way, but the way. I am the truth, not a truth, but the truth. And I, I am the life, not a life, but the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to God but through Christ. Now, you can believe that or not. You can believe there's all different kinds of ways to God. But can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you believe because the reality is simply this. There is a leap of faith from your, from your knowledge to the truth, the absolute truth of Jesus Christ. And that, that leap is where you have to enact your belief and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that I am a child of the Most High God. And your belief will begin to enact your behavior. You see, what happens is, though, if we say, well, I've just got to have the knowledge. I've got to get, I've got to, get to, to that. 2 Timothy 3.7 basically says that they are always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Oh, can I tell you, when I would sit in those classes and I would sit in that place and we'd be in some of the greatest debates, they would say, you can never know anything. You can never fully know. And we're not here to come to a conclusion. But can I tell you, Jesus Christ has said that there is a conclusion. As he was laying on that cross and he was there hanging on that cross, he said, it is finished. It is concluded. And it is up to you to decide today. It's concluded in my life too. That I believe it. I decide it. Because honestly, your belief does not, does not make Jesus the Son of God. Your belief does not make God the, the God of all. Your belief does not bring in heaven or hell or anything else. But your belief does enact the salvation inside. All you have to do is believe. You see, as we, as we walk through this, can I just tell you that your limiting belief can limit your de de destiny. Your belief can limit your life. Your belief can, can cause death inside. And your belief will always dictate your behavior. And so all I'm trying to challenge you today is simply this. Align, what God's, align your belief with what God said and settle in your heart who is your king, who is your Lord, who is your Savior. Because I want to tell you, his name is Jesus Christ, whether you believe it or not. Hey, listen, today I just want to pray with you, and I just believe that you might be sitting back there. You might be sitting there and just saying, you know what, I, am accept I, I want Christ in my as my Savior. And you may have not ever done that before, but today you want to make that your plan. Maybe you're sitting back there and you've been a little, uh, you know, just, uh, just confused or conflicted in all the things that are going around, but you want to set it straight today. I, just I challenge you on our online, whether you are watching on our online campus, you're watching on Facebook Live, wherever you might be at, you're just sitting there. I want to just challenge you just to type in there, believe it or not, believe it or not, believe it or not. 
Just type in there that, that believe it or not, and we'll know you're saying, you know, believe it or not, God said it, that settles it, and I'm with him. I'm lining my belief with him today. And if you, if you put that down there, pray this with me. But I'm going to ask everybody to pray it with me, if you would. Just everyone, repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I believe you are the Son of God. Today I believe that God raised you from the dead. I declare it, I confess it, and I proclaim it. And today I determine I am a child of the Most High God. And I will walk that way. For the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe that you were born again, and we also believe that you are a child of the Most High God, and we want to walk with you. We want to link arm in arm. We want to we walk with you in every step of the way that we possibly can, and just shout and cheer with you, just like heaven is right now. And so I want to just pray a blessing over you and just and believe it. So I want to invite you, if you would, just everyone, just stretch your hand toward me right now as we go. And, and, and let me just bless you. I bless you now in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families, that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and all in your family that your children will be blessed to the thousand, thousands of the generation as you follow and raise your children in the ways that they should go. I bless you in your finances that you would have more than enough to pay your bills, to pay them on time as you follow God in biblical stewardship. I b bless you in your friendships that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now. Now go and be a blessing in the name of Jesus. God bless you guys. Listen, we just want you to know we love you, we care for you, and we want to walk with you in every step of the way. Vicki and I are praying for you. you want, we want you to have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.